you know, when people think of the phrase constitutional convention, they probably think of, you know, Benjamin Franklin and poised and polished statesmen and serious looks at fundamental law. But in 1973 in Louisiana, that was not the case. You had this somewhat unruly group of policy pirates who threw away the enabling legislation for a constitutional convention. They wrote their own rules, literally, on the back of a cocktail napkin at a pastime lounge. That was how one of the first documents entered into the convention record was a cocktail napkin. But they ran out of time. They ran out of money. They ignored the wishes of the governor. They watered down the duties of the chairman. They were distrustful. Uh, But at the end of the day, the most remarkable accomplishment is they passed a document against the backdrop of growing distrust in government and Richard Nixon on television every night. And they managed to get voters to approve it. That's Jeremy Alford. He's the author of The Last Constitution, a book that chronicles the drafting of Louisiana's current constitution in 1973 and 74. On this week's episode, we will talk about that important legal document, the most important legal document in this state. I'm Julie O'Donohue, and this is the Illuminator Podcast. State constitutions are hard to pass. Louisiana's constitution is the most recent state constitution to pass anywhere in the country, and it's over 40 years old already. It replaced the 1921 Louisiana constitution, which many officials say was very problematic. So the the 1921 constitution, which our current constitution replaced, is still regarded as one of the worst state constitutions written in U.S. history. It was overly long. It included references to reference materials. It, you would find a reference to a, a sewer board and it would be recognized as, as 18, in 18 different ways th- throughout the document. The document has some serious flaws in it. Former Governor Edwin Edwards put it more bluntly than Jeremy. Here's Edwards speaking at LSU in 2013. The other constitution was like some of us. It was kind of old and a little confusing. <laughs> and had a great past, but no future. It was still difficult to get rid of the 1921 Constitution, even if no one liked it. Huey and Erlong had tried to do that with no success. It took 50 years for the legislature to move forward. Here's Jeremy again. It wasn't until John McKithen was governor, and he put, uh, I think it was 58 constitutional amendments on one ballot, and every single one of them failed. And that set up a a series of dominoes. After that, you you saw candidates running for governor take a big interest in constitutional conventions. You know, while while Edwards gets a credit for for kind of giving birth to the the 73 Constitution, um, all of the candidates for governor that year were in favor of a constitutional convention. Edwards was in his first term as governor when the Constitutional Convention met. It had 132 delegates, 105 of which have won their seats in special constitutional elections held in Louisiana House districts. Edwards then appointed 27 additional delegates of his own. Some of the delegates were elected officials, but many weren't. 
And of course, by the 1970s, ideas about who should participate in writing the Constitution had changed. There were about a dozen black people and a dozen women among the delegates. One was the late Johnny Jackson. Jackson was a New Orleans state representative at the time, and he says the black delegates were a combination of legislators and Edwards appointees. Here's Jackson talking at LSU in 2013. We had just elected uh, eight African-American legislators from across the state. Prior to that, uh, since Reconstruction, there were only uh, maybe two before uh, were elected, and uh, the governor appointed, uh, what I believe, four to increase our numbers to 12. And it, it gave us an opportunity, particularly uh, as African-Americans and as a large percentage of the population of the state of Louisiana, to be involved in uh, the uh, construct of the Constitution of this state. Things had opened up, but Jeremy says the delegates didn't get everything right. They, of course, got rid of a great deal of language that restricted the rights of minorities and women in Louisiana. Uh, I think there's also some pieces of the 73-74 convention that that delegates came to regret, including the unanimous juries uh, portion of of the Constitution. The unanimous juries issue Jeremy is referring to is the fact that the delegates decided not to require unanimous juries for all criminal convictions in 1974. They allowed non-unanimous jury convictions, those with a 10-2 split, to remain in Louisiana, though they were rooted in racism. Black people were convicted at a higher rate by non-unanimous juries than white people until 2018. That year, voters decided to do away with non-unanimous juries through a constitutional amendment. But delegates could have addressed that problem 40 years ago. They just decided not to. Instead, much of the convention focused on wonky issues like university management, municipal incorporation, and judges' retirement. The delegates also rewrote Louisiana's Bill of Rights, an effort led in part by then-state representative and conservative activist Woody Jenkins. He also spoke at LSU in 2013. There was something about it that allowed conservatives and liberals to work together. And there is a trend within the conservative movement of really civil libertarians. And there's a trend within the liberal side of civil libertarians. And our Bill of Rights Committee contained both. And what we were able to agree on was that the key thing in the Constitution was to tie so-called rights to the individual, to make them the rights of the individual. The previous Constitution had talked in terms of group, group rights. It talked about the right of the people to keep and bear arms and words like that. We made it the right of each person or the right of each citizen. Still, the convention faced problems. Their first meeting was at the LSU uh, Assembly Center, which is now the Pete Maverick Assembly Center, but they could not keep meeting there because it interfered with uh, Coach Del Brown's winter practice schedule. So they moved to, I believe it was the Belmont for a little while. And then they went to the, a hotel that used to be near the Capitol called the White House Inn. And everyone kind of joked around because the, the slogan of the hotel was the White House Inn where every guest is treated like the president. <laughs> but the president at the time was Nixon and he was knee deep in Watergate. Nobody wanted to be treated like that. But the White House Inn had a uh, convention hall 
attached to it called Independence Hall, aptly. Um, and that is where most of the convention took place was in Independence Hall. And this was a, a theater that Jimi Hendrix had played in, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Um, but on Wednesday nights, they had to break everything down because there were amateur wrestling matches there. Uh, finally, they ran out of time over there as well and ended up on the house floor. Uh, this is a, a house floor that is equipped to seat 105 members and had to be retrofitted, so to speak, to accommodate 132. The delegates reached a compromise and voted for the new constitution, but there was still a small glitch. It's 1974, right? And there's no thumb drives. There's no email. The constitution was literally a gigantic document that people signed. And it was supposed to be delivered to the governor on the last night. And there may have been some cocktails and some celebration. It was very late in the evening. The Constitution actually went missing for a few days. And uh, no one knows where it ended up. But one day, a staffer at the Capitol opened his, his top drawer, and it just happened to be sitting there. So a crisis was, was averted. So delegates ratified the new Constitution, and they found the signed copy of it. But the process still wasn't over. Residents had to approve it. It was on the ballot in 1974, and supporters used the homestead exemption to turn out votes. There's some debate about how accurate the information that was put out to voters was. Uh, that was led by uh, Delegate uh, Lawrence Shahardi, who was an assessor from Jefferson Parish. Uh, he campaigned heavily, telling folks that, that if the Constitution didn't pass, they could lose their homestead exemption. And, you know, at the end of the day, the New Orleans, Jefferson Parish area is what carried the, the, the new constitution past the uh, threshold. Many of the convention delegates were players in Louisiana politics for years to come. John Alario went on to serve as both Louisiana's House Speaker and Senate President. Boise Bollinger became the head of Bollinger Enterprises and a major Republican donor. And the late Tangipahoe Sheriff Frank Edwards was also a delegate. He was the father of the current governor, John Bell Edwards. Buddy Romer was also one of the younger delegates at 28 years old. He went on to serve in Congress and then as governor. But before the convention, Romer had never served in political office. And he said it affected the rest of his political life. I mean, it was the most powerful single event in my adult life in terms of a job or elected office. Isn't that interesting? the Constitutional Convention, and I had no power. I wasn't chairman of any committee. Uh, you know, I didn't have the governor's blessing. I, I ran as a, to be elected, and I beat a group of lawyers in Bossier. I was lucky. I think I won because I was a non-lawyer, but I learned so much. There's been calls to set up a new Constitutional Convention. The 1974 Constitution has been amended over 200 times since it was approved. Some folks think we should completely start over. But Jeremy doesn't think a convention would be successful in today's political climate. I mean, just to start with, the delegates in 73 and 74 were able to kind of sit down in a room to start a conversation on what should be our fundamental law. And they were able to explore issues with a certain amount of freedom that you wouldn't see today because those committee meetings would be live streamed, there would be social media engagement, and quite frankly, the way delegates threw ideas against the wall to see if they would stick like spaghetti, I just don't think could happen again, because even ideas are so toxic in today's political environment that 
uh, I think delegates wouldn't have the same kind of will. And that's it for this week's podcast. Some of the audio you heard today comes from an LSU panel discussion of the 1974 Constitution that took place in 2013. Louisiana Public Broadcasting has shared that panel discussion on YouTube. We'd like to thank Jeremy Alford for coming on the show. You can order his book, The Last Constitution, at www.thelastconstitution.com. Money from the book will help fund a program on state constitutional issues at a local Louisiana university. You can also find our previous episodes on all major podcasting platforms. Please consider subscribing to our show and leaving us a review because it helps other people find us. I'm your host and producer, Julie O'Donohue. My editor is Jarvis DeBerry, and our composer is Nick Wong. You can find all of our content at lailluminator.com. Until next time, so long. Louisiana's last constitutional convention was pushed by government reformers, though Edwin Edwards said they were never too interested in giving him credit for any of that. Of course, I never got a title as a good government fella. Uh, thank, thank goodness, because people just want a pretty good government, and that's what I gave them.